I want to focus today on two metaphors that uh, feature very strongly in these readings. And these are perhaps the most important metaphors in the whole Bible. The first metaphor is that of darkness. And in the scriptures, darkness at times can refer to suffering, physical, mental, emotional suffering. Uh, Darkness could also mean uh, sin, the darkness of sin and, and that that separation from God as a result of our sin. Uh, But ultimately, darkness refers to death, and and not just physical death, but spiritual death, which is far worse, the end of hope. The other metaphor that comes through strongly today is that of light, which could also have a number of meanings. It, It could refer to living a life of goodness, of truth, Right, living in the light. It could also be a reference to God's light of truth, right? Um, that the light of truth that overcomes the error, the darkness of error. Ultimately, though, light is a reference to the presence and the power of God. We heard Jesus Himself say it, huh? I am the light of the world. Now, what I want to suggest to us today is that uh, the whole Christian life is found in between these two metaphors. We are all invited on a journey from darkness to light. From the darkness of our weakness and our sin and our suffering to the light of God's goodness and truth, and ultimately towards the light of eternity. That's the Christian journey. That is supposed to be what it is all about. And, and the key point I want to make today is that we progress towards the light, not by avoiding our darkness, but actually by moving towards it. Now, that sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? All right? How can we find light by moving towards darkness? Some would argue that light is the absence of darkness, but things can work differently in the spiritual realm. right? God's ways are not always our ways. In fact, they're often not our ways. right? In the scriptures, we find constant examples of light appearing in the midst of darkness. And we see that especially with the ministry of Jesus. He was constantly spending time with the shady parts of society, was he not? The poor, the crippled, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the sinners, the rejects. That's where he was hanging out. It was those people that benefited the most from his light. Of course, we're reminded of that in the first reading today, weren't we? That was announced by the prophet. He said, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those who live in a land of deep shadow, anyone living in a land of deep shadow right now? A light has shone. Now, we see evidence of this right throughout history. Think of Paul of Tarsus. He was living a pretty dark life there for a while, huh? Persecuting Christians, 
consenting to them being killed. But there in the darkness of his error, the light found him. And he was literally blinded by the light and then uh, transformed by it to the point that he became Saint Paul, one of, if not the greatest evangelists in history. Right? 300 years after St. Paul, there was a man named Aurelius Augustinus. He was a, a popular fella among town. He hung out in all the right circles. He lived a pretty big life, very colourful way of life. He was a very smart man, well-educated, a professor. Um, but eventually, he started to entertain many doubts within himself and uh, he experienced a kind of darkness, really, uh, um, like an emptiness. Uh, perhaps that was his MLC for those who were here last week and remember what that stands for. He, he just came to a point of kind of crisis in his life. But then through some extraordinary circumstances, he came across a, a scripture from St. Paul that forever changed him. And he said when he read those words, it was like a light infused in his heart and suddenly all the darkness of doubt vanished away. Like with St. Paul, that light went on to change him profoundly. And that man became Saint Augustine, one of the most influential saints and, and humans, for that matter, over the past 2,000 years. 800 years after Augustine, a man named Giovanni Bernardone uh, lived in Italy. He, he was part of a, uh, lived in a, a very affluent and, and powerful family. Um, and, and he too lived a very kind of comfortable existence, which, which uh, you know, in his, late 20, in his late teens, he started to become a little bit disgruntled with. He was a bit dissatisfied uh, with his kind of way of life. And, and so when the Civil War broke out, uh, he enlisted to be a soldier. He didn't have to, of course, but he thought, well, this is my chance for some meaning and purpose. You know, this is my chance to make myself rather than sort of always being in the shadow of my powerful father. And so off he goes to war. But soon after... Uh, Leaving, he was captured, and, and then he spent a very difficult year in prison. And it was during that dark and difficult 12 months that he also discovered a light. He encountered Christ in his heart, and this guy was transformed radically, to give you an understatement, radically, right? Uh, Giovanni went on to become St. Francis of Assisi. Right? A, a, a man who's had a profound impact on the world and continues to 800 years after his death. Now, all of these men should remind us of a God who shone most brightly. Firstly, in the disarray of the stable. We celebrated that recently in Christmas. Then, in the shame and the suffering of the cross. And finally, in the hopelessness of the tomb. You can't get much darker than a grave, right? But that is where the, the, the light was most bright, most radiant, most glorious. The light of the resurrection dawned in the midst of that hopeless, deep 
dark tomb. This week, I went to the funeral of um, a, a priest here in Melbourne who I studied with, uh, Father Tao. He recently died uh, at the age of 53. Uh, a number of years back, just before he uh, was due to be ordained as a deacon, he, um, he injured his hand. It was a really silly kind of everyday accident, but that um, went on to cause all kinds of complications, and he very nearly lost his life. Um, he then spent over 700 days in hospital, a few more years in rehab, and um, he, he, he had to learn how to use all his limbs again. It was pretty distressing watching it, um, but it was especially uh, difficult for him. It was an incredibly tough and dark period. He later shared how during that ordeal in hospital, um, you know, there were periods, uh, particular periods especially, when he would contemplate suicide. But he said... Whenever he fell into that darkness, somehow light would always break through. He kept finding Christ there in that deep, dark place. And he gave different examples of how that happened. And it was finding light in, in those experiences that gave Father Tao an unreasonable confidence and trust in God. Because he knew firsthand he knew from his experience that there was no darkness, there was no hopelessness, there was no suffering that light could not overcome. He eventually went on to be ordained a priest uh, in the same year as me, actually, 2016, and um, but, but you know, even after then, he, he always carried uh, disabilities and he was frequently in pain. You see, the darkness never fully left him, not even close. But the point is that it didn't have power over him anymore. Right? And that, that's what the, the, um, the psalmist is kind of celebrating today too. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Because I've got the light. Later, the psalmist, in a different psalm, he says, um, Lord, to you, even darkness is like light. After his ordination, uh, Father Tower went on to minister uh, at um, a parish, some parishes around Greensboro, and, and he was so powerful, you know. Uh, he was like Christ, the wounded healer, touched so many people's lives. And, and you know, his funeral was just, like, packed. I want to suggest to you today that this is salvation. This is salvation. Finding a light that nothing can extinguish. A light in that deepest, darkest place that, that nothing can take away from you. Discovering a light that changes the whole meaning and orientation of our life. That is salvation. I trust that Father Tao is now uh, flourishing in the fullness of that light. Look, I could go on all night with examples of people who have found light in the midst of darkness. But the point I really want to make is that if it is true for them, it is also true for you. Whatever your darkness may be, maybe it's the darkness of your repeated sin or those sins in your life that you're so ashamed of you will not tell a soul about. Maybe it's the darkness of your regret, those things that you wish so much you did differently in your life. 
or the darkness of your unfulfilled dreams or the darkness of your anger or hatred or jealousy, the anger of uh, the, the, the darkness perhaps of your, your loneliness. Maybe it's the darkness of your physical suffering or your doubt or your confusion. The list goes on, right? I think that so many people think that their darkness disqualifies them from the light. But today I want to say the opposite is true. Christ wants to find you in your darkness, especially there, if you allow him to. Now, the reality is that although we we often complain about our darkness, we don't always want to find the light, do we? Because we know if we move towards the light, we need to let go of that story that's been playing over in our heads, right? Sometimes we'd rather just be the victim, right? Keep complaining. (laughs) But if you do want that light to find you, I want to offer you three simple things that you can do just as a starting point, as a way of opening yourself up to that light. Now, these are simple, but not necessarily easy. Right? The first is to acknowledge your darkness. The light cannot find you in your darkness unless you go there. Right? We need to be prepared to go there. Rather than ignoring it or covering it over, we need to pay attention to it. We need to be radically honest with ourselves and with God. Try and put some words to the darkness that you experience. And even better if you can write them down or talk to someone trusted and sort of trained who can sit with you in it. So um, I found a a beautiful quote from a, a great Russian author this week. He said, being honest with ourselves and about ourselves is to love ourselves unconditionally, to love ourselves fiercely. So step one is to love yourself fiercely. Step two is to repent, to say sorry to God for any way that you have allowed darkness to come in your life. And then make a firm decision, firm resolve to to let go as best you can of those attitudes and those behaviours that that open the door to darkness or that, that, that prevent God from coming close to you. We heard today Jesus began his ministry with those words, repent. He knew the only way the light can come in is by us opening our hearts, humbling ourselves before God. The final step I want to offer you tonight is to then invite God into your darkness. Give Christ permission to sit in it with you. This requires patience. We need to keep asking and keep waiting and keep trusting and keep believing until that light starts to break in and starts to transform that darkness and ultimately transform our life. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.